And now, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network presents Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. This is BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. The boys of the Adelaide Pity Choir were singing, go away play. And the bells are ringing out for Christmas Day. Hello, British Columbia. I'm Tony Gizmoni with Casey Wilson. Can you believe it? We're only one week out uh, until Christmas. Uh, that means today's show is going to be loaded with uh, some last-minute Christmas gift ideas, along with ideas for uh, family fun, too, holiday family fun, uh, for sure. Now, later in the show, we're going to talk about entertaining, and uh, I've been working away with Casey to come up with some wine uh, thoughts. Uh, wine's for a sparkling occasion, so uh, sparkling wine, you know, has had a breakthrough. Uh, it's be- become a breakthrough category during the pandemic, and now it's kind of de rigueur to uh, actually keep a bottle or two of sparkling wine in the refrigerator, so we're going to help you pull that off uh, when you have unexpected guests with some favorite selections of wines uh, for a sparkling occasion. Guests for hosts, that's a question I get a lot uh, over the holidays from people saying, well, I'm going to a party, what should I take? So we're going to come up with that. One thing I love about uh, host or hostess gifts is uh, I usually, when I get them, I I, uh, I put them away and then I write <coughs> the name of the person who gave the gift to me and then I serve the wine back to them down the road and tell them how much it, uh, I appreciated the wine and they get to taste it too because a lot of people like to taste the wine they bring you, but I don't think you should do that the same night. So gifts for hosts, we'll have a look at that. Organic, earth-friendly wines, that's another big category that's been growing over the years. Vegetarian, vegan, environmentally conscious crowd looking for, uh, you know, wines with little or no intervention. Organic, biodynamic, wild-fermented, that sort of thing. Green is in, so we'll have some selections there. Uh, Food-friendly wines, uh, these are uh, bottles that just go great with food. Uh, Nothing better than food and wine, so we love to cover that off. Big, rich, and red for those who just can't get enough of red wines. We've got some big choices for you there. Uh, and uh, bottles for collectors. I love that category, too. We'll have some of those that you can lay down for 10 years, all-season local uh, picks, too. So we have uh, plenty of picks from around B.C. And serve something different, folks. Think Greek. Think uh, think Uruguay. Think Spain. Think anything but uh, you know what you're usually drinking. So... All that is going to be on the show today. Also, around the bottom of the hour, Ian Tossenson, President and CEO of the British Columbia Restaurant Association, will join us. We're going to talk about uh, how things have progressed in our restaurants over pandemic and how people are uh, dealing with vaccination, uh, you know, QR codes and all the rest of it in restaurants. Uh, Things are looking up there. We'll be on Vancouver Island. We're going to talk to Dan Wright. He's the winemaker at Unsworth Vineyards. Dan is really in charge of a great new project on the island uh, in the heart of the couch. And Unsworth, uh, under new ownership with the folks that own Kendall Jackson, are really uh, starting to move quickly. So we'll catch up with Dan on on what they're doing. And uh, finally, up next, John Clarities. He's the owner of Marquee Wine Cellars. He's got some brilliant holiday gifting ideas. John uh, is a is a street fighter kind of guy who's been running really uh, one of the original uh, outstanding wine shops in British Columbia since uh, we were first allowed to go private some 30-some-odd years ago. So all that and next coming up on the BC Food & Wine Radio Network, I'm Anthony Gizmondi, and I'm with Casey Wilson. We'll be right back. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and uh, hang on to your hats. More coming up right away. There's more to come. 
This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Clos du Soleil Winery knows that the best wines keep it simple. It's all about the grapes and the place where they are grown. Minimal handling, minimal intervention, maximum beauty in the bottle. Nestled in a sunny, stony corner of BC's Similkameen Valley, Clos du Soleil produces wines that blend the best of Bordeaux varieties with their unique terroir. The result? Wines that are elegant and effortlessly special. Tastings by appointment or buy online at clodusoleil.ca. Free shipping to BC and Alberta on orders of six or more bottles. Committed to handcrafting wines of distinction in Cowichan Valley, Unsworth Vineyards and Restaurant is a celebration of all things Vancouver Island. From a seasonally inspired menu showcasing fresh, local, sustainable ingredients to exceptional service and award-winning wines, Unsworth Vineyards gives bold new meaning to farm-to-table cuisine. Enjoy a delectable menu in a gorgeous restaurant where casual meets elegant. Sip and savor refreshingly delicious wines overlooking panoramic vineyard views. Reserve today at unsworthvineyards.com. Bold. Award-winning. Discover gold. It's a season for big, bold red wines at Gold Hill Winery in Oliver. We've built our reputation on age-worthy Bordeaux-style reds. Join our wine club today and receive a $25 gift along with other fantastic benefits. For more information, go to goldhillwinery.com. Discover gold. Gold Hill Winery on the beautiful Golden Mile Bench in Oliver. Online goldhillwinery.com The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. A newborn king to see, Hello, British Columbia. I mean, can you believe it, Casey? One week to go. No, I can't, Tony. Uh, Very excited. I hope you're wrapping and not chopping by this date. Oh, no. I was very early this (laughs) year. I I took the advice. Okay. Well, I can guarantee you that our next guest is going to be running around like a maniac for the next uh, eight or nine days. John Clarity is the owner of Marquee Wine Cellars, a premium wine uh, shop in Vancouver. On Davy, John, how are you? Very well, Tony. Very well, Casey. Thanks for having me. Will you actually be working in the store uh, right up to the holiday? I work in the store all the time. I may not be on the floor, but I'm here. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, it's kind of fun, I guess. I, I don't know. It's been such a long year. Uh, a lot of planning goes into the holidays. Maybe we'll start with that. What have you done in advance to uh, take on whatever issues uh, from the pandemic to supplies, whatever? What What have you been thinking about for, for several months now? Oh, ordering lots of wine, especially champagne. We recognize that in January of uh, of this year, and we said, okay, let's get our orders in now. And we have all, we're fully stocked on all our imported, small quality grower champagnes. It's just some of the big names like uh, Vouve and, and uh, Moet um, and Dom that are uh, having uh, supply chain difficulties. Although my manager yeah. tells me we're supposed to get some Vouve Clicquot uh, Thursday in our order, but who knows, maybe the liquor board scooped it up before us because they they do that in the they've done that in the past taking wines 
um, what? for themselves. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> no. so, okay, I'm going to send Casey Wilson in to get a bottle of champagne, but you're going to try and sell her, or you're going to tell her you've got a lot of grower champagne. What can you tell our listeners? Like, what's a grower champagne? Is that champagne? Yeah, of course it's champagne. So a grower champagne is exactly the same as a, 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 a grower big a winery. A, yeah, yeah. It's not a big brand. It's a small brand. So they control their vineyards. They bottle their own grape. They bottle their own uh, juice, riddle their own wine, and, and distribute it and market it themselves or maybe have an, um, uh, um, a courtier uh, yep. do that for them. So high-quality, limited production, uh, unique, uh, supporting small family businesses. Uh, it's got all the tick boxes, and we've been supporting, you know, big fans of Grower Champagne for 20 years. Just love the stuff. Unique. Yeah. Yeah, and, and um, John, I want, I want a Magnum. I want to pick up some Magnums. You know what we say on this show, a Magnum, uh, too much for one, not enough for two. Uh, or, as uh, as I say, a magnet is good enough for two as long as she doesn't drink too much. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. You might want to go slash he, he, she. I know. Uh, he, she, him, that, yeah. Yeah. John, uh, you you have been uh, uh, you have been one of the people, not many, but one of a few who've been fighting uh, liquor laws forever. Uh, have you? Are you where you want to be now, or is there still more to be done in, 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 as a owner of a private wine shop? There's more to be done. Uh, nowhere near yet. Uh, the big thing that we've been working on, and that the industry has for the last thirty-five years, is. We are not allowed to sell to restaurants. That is reserved for the liquor board because they make the rules. They're the bully in the playground. They tell the government what to do. And so uh, Mark Hicken with his BTAP, which is the Business Technical Advisory Panel, recommended that all stores be able to sell to restaurants. And um, we're just we've been uh, waiting for that for, well, 35 years, but since BTAP, I think it's been about three years. Yeah. So that's the that's going to be a big push for me next year because it's wholly unfair. Uh, we always talk about small business, helping small business, and uh, this is the number one thing that will help restaurants. As an example, so if a if a restaurant wants to order a case of unique wine that's not stocked on the liquor board shelves, they have to buy a full case. So if it's thirty or forty or fifty dollars a bottle, and you have to buy twelve bottles, that's six, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars for a case. If you want five or ten cases of different wines, that's in the thousands of dollars. Yeah. If you come to my store or any other store, you can buy those wines at single bottles, two or three at a time, as much as you can sell that week. It's like going to the grocery store. And buying your supplies, you don't buy well, four thousand rolls of toilet paper. This is what the no. government has forced us, forced small restaurants and even larger ones to do for decades. And yeah, they don't it's get not the even sense behind it. Yeah, it's not even that. It's about storage too. I mean, most restaurants, if if they have to buy a case of everything, uh, they can barely store you know a hundred bottles on site, let alone uh, four hundred or five hundred bottles. Correct. Correct. Yes, this would help small importers it would help small restaurants you'd see cooler little wine lists 
in smaller places because they can we can deliver it to them. They'll phone, hey John, we need this, 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 this. Sure, I'll bring it up to them, and they can they can stock their um, their restaurant for the weekend. And the yeah. government doesn't allow it. Doesn't make and you're sense. You're on. Yeah, it's like you're on Davy Street. You could actually put the stuff on a wagon and walk it down to the store. We'd be the greenest delivery in the province of well, uh, of wine. Exactly. That's another well, story. And does yeah, this happen, uh, John, in any other provinces? Or like, are you able to bring in whatever you want? Well, we can, we can bring in, you know, we've been doing that for 30 years, bringing in wines that we like and we find yes. on our travels, whether it's Austria or Greece or uh, California or Spain. Uh, but the only problem is, is we keep losing them to importers because uh, we're not an agent, and so and we can't sell the restaurants, and we can't uh, do the volume. If we could have that end of the market opened up for us, it would be a win-win. But there are two people, two members of the industry that are against us on this one: the BC wineries and the local importers, mm. and they're <laughs> holding the whole process up. Right. Yeah. And what do you offer at Marquee Wines that a government agency cannot? Personalized service, staff knowledge, delivery, online sales. We care about what you drink. In other words, I'm an advocate for the customer, I'm not buddy buddies with the importer. Oh, I've got to sell 40 cases of this or 20 cases of that. It's whatever that client wants in his or her budget or exploring and we get them the right wine each and every time yeah i i I like that and and we talked earlier i was asking you about trends but you say you're not that trendy a store because i just like bringing iconoclastic wines in good value could be 15 dollars, could be 25 Mm -hmm. i don't chase the next i don't chase the next animal and and you know i can't if i do find that cool little wine I won't be able to build the cases up to two, three, four, five, six, ten thousand cases a year because, you know, I, one, I don't have the space, and two, we can't sell the restaurant. So those go to importers, and the liquor board takes it. Again, though, allow us all the stores the opportunity to find those types of wines and service our local market. But mm. anyway, we we just offer personalized service. That's that's what we do. Yeah. Well, let's personalize uh, Christmas dinner. What, what, you know, most people are having turkey or ham. What, where would you push them in what direction, what style of wine, or, you know, even if you can name some wines, would be great, but at least the style would be good. So here's the interesting thing about Christmas. It, it, with turkey and, and or ham, there's yep. a, a wealth of different flavors, from cranberry to the stuffings to your mom's overcooked or your dad's overcooked vegetables. <laughs> um, if, you know, you come to my house and dinner's at six and my mom would put the vegetables on at three. Um, <laughs> gravy, cranberry sauce, all that type of stuff. So yeah. it lends itself to red or white. So I'm a big fan of Cote de Rhone's. I think yep. they work really well with, with turkey. Um, and good, good value. Great value. Great Spanish wine. Spain's got a lot of great wines. They have, they're a little lower in alcohol, broader on the palate, not that like the alcoholic flavor that you get in some California wines or some other types of wines. Um, for white, definitely Riesling. Stay away from oak Chardonnays. I like Chablis. Things that are fresh and clean work really well. So BC works really well in that category. Mm-hmm. And same thing with ham. I would stick with more with, um, oh, Beaujolais also with turkey. Um, yeah. With ham, 
definitely, definitely Rieslings. I would stick with that. Or even if you want to venture outside, a Gruner Veltliner oh, or, uh, or an Alberino may, may work quite well. Uh, we only got a couple minutes left, John, but what, what are you planning uh, for? I mean, I know you haven't been able to travel much. Is there a place that you need to get to pretty soon to get back into it? Yes, I need to go back to France. I need to go back to Italy, and hopefully I'll be in Austria this year. And one country, get your read, your listeners, Greece. I'm going to go to Greece. And they're making absolutely fan-freaking-tastic wines. Yeah. And the, un, the whites, iconoclastic. The reds, like, amazing, amazing. And here's the thing that people don't know about Greece. It's, it's a small country, 10 million people. Most of the people live in Athens. Everything's rural. It hasn't re- been really touched by big commercial farming. And so things are still pure. It's easy to do organic. It's easy to do biodynamic. Um, great, great stuff. So look out for them uh, probably later this year. Okay, John, uh, very quickly, if we want to shop at uh, Marquee Wine Cellars over the holidays, when are you open? Uh, how can people get there? Seven days a week, 11 to 7 p.m., lots of parking in the back. Just come down the stairs and ring the buzzer, or, of course, online, and we deliver all over B.C. Okay. John, have a great uh, holiday season. Thanks for joining us today on the show and uh, showing uh, give us a little insight into a private wine shop right here in downtown Vancouver. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Casey. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Cheers. That was John Clarities. He's the owner of Marquee Wine Cellars in Vancouver. And for our many listeners outside of the Lower Mainland, the website is marquee-wines.com. And as he said, they'll ship you the wine directly to your home. So that's kind of nice. If you missed any of the show, by the way, hear the full show weekly on our podcast now on all podcast platforms and Spotify. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And this is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. The Maipo Valley is a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. This winter, stay cozy and warm with award-winning wines from Tinhorn Creek Vineyards. Visit their tasting room any day of the week from 11 to 4. Elevate your experience with their black glass blind tasting or book a private varietal specific stemware tasting. Become a VIP and join their crush club. Your membership includes regular wine shipments, a 15% discount, early access to new releases, and free premium experiences. From the beginner to the experienced wine connoisseur, Tinhorn Creek has your amazing experience waiting. Visit tinhorn.com. This winter, join us at Black Hills Estate Winery for an intimate and informative seated wine experience with our team of wine educators. Sample our renowned portfolio of wines, including the rare and wine club exclusive Carmenier, and learn about the terroir that makes the Black Sage Bench region so unique. Our current releases are available online for gifting and stocking up your cellar. Find out more about our available wines, wine club benefits, or book one of our seated wine experiences at blackhillswinery.com. Discover the good life right in your own backyard. 
Destination? The Watermark Beach Resort in beautiful Asuyus. Featuring spectacular views of Asuyus Lake, walking distance to shops, plus dining at the Watermark's very own 15 Park Bistro. And make sure to book your spring and summer travel now to avoid disappointment at the South Okanagan Resort that defines easy living. Visit watermarkbeachresort.com for full details and keep up to date on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Something about Christmas time. Something about Christmas time. Makes you wish We're back. And next week is Christmas, Casey Wilson. Uh, it's a shopping frenzy out there, uh, even more so online, I think. Uh, but y- you seem prepared and calm. Are you, are you done? I'm done. You're done? Yes, everything. <laughs> I haven't received mine yet. No, but, you know, there's it's, still it's time, wrapped, Tony. Right? All right. Uh, folks, today our travel is going to take us to the burgeoning area of the Cowichan Valley on Vancouver Island. Our guest is uh, none other than the winemaker Dan Wright of Unsworth Vineyards. Uh, Dan, welcome back to the show. Great to be with you, Tony and Casey. Uh, it's so great to catch up with you. I know you've been away down in Oregon. I'm super jealous. Uh, how are things down in Oregon? Are they still making Pinot Noir down there? Yeah, still making Pinot Noir. Quite a bit of Chardonnay, too. It's, uh, it was interesting to try a lot of great Chardonnays. Yeah. Nice to get down, of course. You know, I feel like I snuck in just before the Omicron uh, yeah. news, started to, news started to hit. So, um, yeah, it's such a fantastic region down in Willamette. And uh, lots of uh, uh, friends and mentors down there. It's really great. What makes the growing area so special, Dan? In the Cowichan or Willamette? In Willamette. <laughs> well, um, I'd say, you know, well, I mean, classically, it's it's at the same uh, latitude as Burgundy, and so they, they latched onto that. And they're also a little more continental um, uh, with those coastal mountains protecting them, um, although there's a few sort of wind gaps around the Eola Amity Hills. And, um, and uh, you know, they have a, a pretty pretty nice climate uh, it's it, it is warming there though so it's uh mm-hmm. it can make some in some years their their pinots can be quite quite big um but yeah beautiful which le- that leads me to ask what why is the couch and even better <laughs> exactly yeah so i mean there's a reason why i i'm i'm up in the couch and and that is because i love cool climate style of pinot noir um i was uh just before coming to the island i was in I did a vintage in in the Willamette in 2015, and 2015 was uh, notoriously hot, yeah. and so I got to see some some pretty uh, big you know pinots and and uh, in terms of like you know the the sugar and acid ripeness, you know, some really ripe fruit coming in. So it it definitely raised uh, an eyebrow of uh, you know to see of okay maybe you know there's some place further north. Uh, that that could make some some really nice cool climate Pinot Noir and you know I wanted to come back to Canada. My wife uh, got a job on the island, so she kind of pulled me in that direction, mm-hmm. and then uh, dis- discovered the Cowichan and thought, wow, you know, wow. This, is, this is a place that could make Pinot Noir. Yeah, well, we've been talking about, of course, uh, Unsworth has been uh, purchased by the owners of Kendall Jackson, not Kendall Jackson itself, but Barbara Banky and her daughter. So you have you you've got big plans and you've already started. Uh, I've heard that you're clearing land and you're ready to replant or not replant, but add new plantings. That's right. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Prepping the land uh, 
Just um, we have a 60-acre parcel um, west of Duncan. It's in a nice, warm pocket of the Cowichan Valley. You know, beautiful south-facing slope. Um, you know, a few different little aspects there, but um, very nice. Uh, sort of marine sedimentary soils protected a bit from the ocean. Um, and I think it's going to make some beautiful pinots, and we're going to plant a bit of Chardonnay as well. Wow. Uh, well, we're going to start today with one of Casey's favorite. I, I promised her we'd talk a bit about sparkling wine. You have something quite special for the holidays, and uh, I mean, different than what people might know. Tell us a little bit about Charme de Lille and, the, and a couple of these wines that are available. Sure, yeah. So we are Charme de Lille, uh, meaning uh, Charm of the Islands, um, and we have a white and rosé. Um, and these are Charmat methods, so made in the same method as Prosecco, but I think they over-deliver in quality. They're, we go um, higher pressure, so the bubble is more is smaller, lasts longer, is more intense, um, and we go quite dry as well, so not like a lot of uh, your, your cheaper Proseccos that, that tend to be you know kind of sweet. Um, it's, it's, it's a nice dry wine and sort of... Um, I think on the palate fits somewhere between um, Prosecco and, and Champagne, but um, it uh, over-delivers for, for the, the price, I think, as well. How can we get it's our hands on, those, bucks, on some of those sparkling wines for the holidays in Vancouver? Yeah, so um, if you go online uh, at uh, um we, we can ship direct to consumer. Um, right now we're doing a promotion, um, free shipping in BC. Uh, just got to use the promo code COUCHIN, all wow. lowercase. I like that. C-O-W-I-C-H-A-N. Okay. So you can check that out. And we've got, you know, our Champ de Lille is also in many stores across the province as well. Yeah. Uh, also, we, I want to talk a little bit about your community-supported restaurant program, which is a very cool idea for the winter months at Unsworth. Uh, can you tell us about that? Like, uh, it's You buy a membership for four three-course dinners? Is that how it works? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, so the idea started as like kind of a riff off of CSA, community-supported agriculture, and how could we, you know, take that idea and apply it to a restaurant in, in the Cowichan because we are, um, we're using all these local growers and it's a way to support the agriculture here. We've always yeah. thought of our restaurant like that, as well as, you know, the seasonality of the, the tourism and restaurant industry here. So as a way to support us in the, uh, in the slower months. Um, so it's $260 for four three-course meals. Uh, between now and April 3rd, and the menu changes every other week. And, yeah, we're working with uh, lots of local growers in the uh, in the area. And that includes tax and gratuity, so $260 per membership. Sounds like a great That's a fantastic idea. deal, yeah. Uh, before we let you go, Dan, I want to talk a little bit. Of yet, uh, uh, some, uh, you raised some eyebrows at the National Wine Awards with your Pinot Noir uh, and Chardonnay, uh, I, I, they're just so impressive. These latest releases, you got to be happy with them. Are they going to be around? Or are they sold out? What, what can, can we buy any? Um, that's a good question. I think the the 2019 Chardonnay, which is out right now, uh, it was very limited production. That was just an inaugural release. Um, yeah. So it's it's probably uh, dwindling, um, but I think there's still avail- 
bit available, um, and then our 2019 Pinot Noir uh, is um, is currently still available. Um, that that's usually uh, selling out though uh, by you know I don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> actually, but it's it's it'll go quick. So yeah, uh, it goes I, quick. I, as a winemaker, you know I, I don't always keep track of our sales inventories, so uh, yeah, I, I try to you, do, stay on top of it, but. <laughs> Dan, you are really maturing into a big-time winemaker when you don't know anything about the availability of your wines. That is the that's the classic <laughs> answer that I get around the world from winemakers, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need exactly, to know about that yeah. stuff. Yeah, try to try to stay on top about making it and sourcing fruit, and you know, and then leave yeah. the uh, pricing and the distribution to the sales team. Well, I hope I, I do hope you get some downtime over the holidays, uh, you know, so that you can relax a bit before the big push. Because uh, actually, I, I'm thinking that things start relatively early in the couch, and you'll be back in those vineyards uh, pruning before you know it. I think. Absolutely, we just started actually this week already. Well, there um, you go. Bit, wow. So. Yeah, but we'll take a break over the holidays and, and then get back into it in January. Yeah. Uh, Dan, so great to catch up with you today. I really appreciate your time. And uh, for our listeners, uh, get online, take advantage of that uh, free shipping. Have a look at that Charme de Lille, very uh, special kind of sparkling wine. Uh, Give that a try and and take a hard look at that Chardonnay and Pinot Noir programs. These are ones that are going to be talked about for the next decade. Thanks for joining us today on the show, Dan. Thank you very much, Casey and Tony. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Yeah, that was... uh, Dan Wright, he's the winemaker at Unsworth Vineyard in the Cowichan Valley uh, on Vancouver Island. Unsworth is providing complimentary shipping throughout British Columbia on 12-bottle orders during December with the promo code Cowichan, C-O-W-I-C-H-N. So that is a very cool deal. Now up next, Casey Ian Tossenson, President and CEO of the BC Restaurant Association, is going to join us to talk about the latest uh, inside uh British Columbia restaurants, how they're surviving, how they're managing through COVID. Things have changed a lot over the last uh, year or so. So we'll get an update from Ian, and that's up next. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And uh, all of the shows are available on the top podcast platforms uh, for whenever you want to listen. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Happy holidays. We'll take a quick break and be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Your wine collection is your pride and joy. Years of searching and selecting has merited you an enviable list, but it's time to find a new home for some or all of your wine. As the only auction in Canada dedicated to fine wines and spirits, Iron Gate Auctions offer collectors a safe and inexpensive way to liquidate their collections online. Experts in the field with knowledge and acumen to maximize the return on your assets. To find out more, visit irongateauctions.com. Committed to handcrafting wines of distinction in Cowichan Valley, Unsworth Vineyards and Restaurant is a celebration of all things Vancouver Island. From a seasonally inspired menu showcasing fresh, local, sustainable ingredients to exceptional service and award-winning wines, Unsworth Vineyards gives bold new meaning to -to farm-to-table cuisine. During the month of December, if you can't make it to Unsworth in person, receive complimentary shipping throughout BC on 12 bottle orders with promo code COWICHAN. Visit unsworthvineyards.com. 
You know you want it, so come and get it. The Modest Butcher invites you to happy hour every day from 2 to 4 p.m. On the menu, beers, cocktails, wine by the glass or half liter, and don't forget about the new appies. Also making a comeback, Tommy and Tannen Tuesday. Get their tremendously sized tomahawk steak with all the fixins and a bottle of their tomahawk-worthy vino for $180. For more details and to book, visit ModestButcher.com. Come and get it. The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Those Christmas Hello, British Columbia. Can you believe Christmas is next week? I can't. Uh, I still have a few things to do, and I'm, I'm guessing that our next guest may too. Ian Tossenson is the president and CEO of the BC Restaurant Association. And you know what? I think he knows more about uh, plexiglass and masks than he ever want, wanted to. Ian, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm great, Tony. Hi, Casey. I'm doing very well, thanks. And excited Hi. about uh, Christmas and um, really excited about where we are right now. Um, we're having a really good Christmas season right now, unlike last year. So we're pretty happy about that. Yeah. And, and I think the best gift, and I'm buying a number of them, are gift cards to restaurants this year. I'm with you, Casey. I mean, my best gift is that, you know, we're going through uh, a successful Christmas for our industry, which, you know, I applaud every one of them for the hard work in the last, it's almost been 21 months now. So I'm up for it too. Gift certificates, everybody's getting a gift tip to a restaurant to continue to support them because, like I said, they've been through, um, which I think it's epic. I think what this industry has gone through, and not just in a local sense, but you know, in a worldwide sense, I remember when we submitted the plan to reopen the industry, the industry got behind it with the government. That plan, as we talked about last time we spoke, was viewed in in, in New Zealand, in Australia. And this world-class restaurant industry, I truly believe, had a world-class response. And it was the uh, least, uh, or it had the fewer shutdown days of any restaurant industry of all of North America. And I'm so proud of that. I so am. But it's the hard work. And it's been the support of you and Tony, uh, you know, cheerleading your audience and consumers who don't support. So what a great Christmas present. Yeah. uh, And government stepped up, I think, for restaurants. A lot of the things that they finally got straightened out have helped a lot, too. But uh, uh, I don't know. It's It's been a trying time for restaurant owners and a stressful time. Uh, I'm one of the things I'm interested in is we hear so much about uh, the people that have disappeared from the business. What what do you know about that, and and where have they gone, and will they come back, sort of thing? I don't think if they've exited, they'll come back. Um, I don't think you know. I was wrong. I thought you know maybe thirty percent of the industry in the deepest darkest times, but we saw you know two programs in particular: the uh, the federal rent support program and employee wage program were game changers for most restaurants. And um, a lot of restaurants 
um, really did well. I mean, well in terms of you think they would have gone broke. They were able yeah. to hold their head above water during the darkest times when, you know, business was down because those benefits got stronger the less business they had. So there is a correlation. And then, um, you know, we, we got back to it this summer. We almost normalized for a, a few weeks. And uh, people, I think, said, you know what? We're convinced now that restaurants are safe. Uh, and now today, you know, and they're convinced that, and we had a few issues with this uh, when we when it got introduced back in October. There were some people balking at this with respect to vaccination cards and, and masks. Now right. it's become commonplace. And yeah. people are expecting it. And the the calls that we get are people saying, I went to Tony's restaurant. He didn't ask me, is that all right? And we'll phone Tony yeah. and say, Tony, he'll say, you know what, yeah, sorry, we just did busy. So yeah. it's working really well. But it's, really you know, well. I kind of feel sorry for the restaurateurs. It's one more thing they have to do. And it takes somebody there, you know, pretty much full time to do it. Yeah, you know what, the way that it was structured, uh, and this is good learning, is that a restaurant can take that vaccination card at the table, so it doesn't have to be done at the door, so they can utilize your wait staff by doing it, and um, and they do not have to good point. scan the card. So a lot of people mm-hmm. will phone and say they didn't scan my card, they don't have to, and was in the government, Dr. Henry's office in particular said, you know, most prob- people will probably do that. But if they're busy and stuff, a visual check is fine. So just to give them a bit more flexibility. So we thought, Casey, at the beginning that, you know, you know, in a labor shortage that we're in right now, we we'll have to hire somebody to do it. But actually, they'll live adapt like they always do. They adapted quite well with that. And uh, it's been quite, you know, it, it was, it's been quite streamlined. Mm. And the upside is they actually have been talking to customers at the door, which, you know, sometimes they did and sometimes they didn't. So I don't know. I I think I feel like more in touch with the local restaurants now. We have more meaningful conversations. Yeah, like, well, uh, have you got an extra mask? I'm such an idiot. I left it in my car. But, you know, all that sort of stuff sort of gets the dinner going. Yeah, so much the restaurant is, I mean, it's, you know, we talk we talk a lot about the food and the wine experience. It really is the people experience, and I think that that uh, people were so longing to get out and just see somebody and talk to somebody that, you know, you still have to have quality food and service and, and wine, and that whole thing is important. But more importantly, I think you're kind of right, Tony. It gives you that sort of, hey, I'm talking to a person, I'm actually ha- having a social conversation, yeah. and it feels good. And And the most important part, like they've done in many parts, and I think we've done this better, though, but, you know, Washington State's an example – uh, safety first, and and that has been the leading, and that will continue to be the lead for our industry, is that people feel safe and they trust us to go out. Yeah, our guest is Ian Tossin. He's the president and CEO of the BC Restaurant Association. What's going to happen in the future? Are things going to change? Are we going to ever get back to where we were? No, um, we are going to have a business model that's not so vulnerable. Casey, where uh, if 10% of our business, just a ballpark number, was delivery and takeout, um, that moved, you know, almost to 70 or 80%. And it's now down to about 30 to 35%. And and I believe it's going to stay there because you've seen all sorts of innovation, you know, with cocktail kits and food that has been adapted to deliver well to our homes. And so we'll enjoy that as a greater experience. Patios will become a greater experience, so you'll see much more 
uh, emphasis on, uh, you know, year-round um, patio experiences. And we're working with the different municipalities and, and provincial government to allow those patios to become more permanent. And then you're going to see your inside uh, dining experience, which will probably be a little bit more spatial. And you're probably not going to get back to fancy tablecloths and stuff. We've adapted to using technology, QR codes, minimalization. And, um, you know, because the consumers have been trained for that right now, so they'd be a little bit suspect if we started to crowd them in and put a lot of things on the table. So it's going to be different, but I think it's going to be a, um, it's going to be a great experience. It's going to be a new experience. And I think the other side of it is that this experience has probably been a great wake-up call for our industry to, to look to be start to become the employer of choice and creating careers in hospitality versus part-time uh, hours and just, you know, using it for our own short-term needs. We lost a lot of people because they needed to work and they, we couldn't give them the hours. And now we have to build that back and so that we create much more continuity in our business model that we've got those three parts to it that we can use, but also most importantly is our people. I think, you know, one of, it's kind of funny. One of the biggest topics about restaurants was this whole issue of tipping before uh, the pandemic. And, you know, should we do any tipping? Should it be brought out or built in and all the rest of it? And it's, you know, it was, uh, it, it was the story that everybody wanted to talk about. Now it seems so insignificant. Like, you know, that's nothing. It's, let's just oh, I know. Let's you know, tip and, and move on. Yeah, and it also, I mean, you know, the, the oh my, you know, oh my lord, the uh, the minimum wage is moving up. So what we're paying above minimum wage, anyways, right now, is because of the demand and supply. You yeah. know, we're going to pay more as consumers, but um, that's just a function of service and quality, and, and we're prepared to pay more. And it's not like it's fifty percent more; it might be ten percent more. It's 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 not so uh, so significant that we balk at it. So. The lower end guys, they have to be careful. But, you know, we want to pay because we've missed it so much. We'll pay for that service and we'll tip for that service and we should pay for it. Yes. Yeah. Well, Ian, uh, great to hear from you. Sounds uh, That's a nice positive update for uh, the industry and consumers. And we hope that uh, we get past this last uh, hump uh, that we're facing with the pandemic and we can move on to smoother roads in 2022. Well, Thank you to both of you for always supporting us and taking the time to talk to us and uh, to get the message out. And I hope you have a great Christmas. You yes. guys deserve it. And you, you too. too. <clears throat> That's Ian Tossenson. Yeah, President, CEO, BC Restaurant Association. Uh, up next, guess what? Casey and I are coming back. We're going to talk about some entertaining, sparkling Christmas, New Year's wines and a few takeout ideas. All that on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Invest in one of the fastest growing real estate markets in Canada. Green Square Vert is a modern collection of condos and townhomes in the heart of Kelowna's vibrant lower mission. Offering thoughtfully designed one to four bedroom units starting as low as 399000 Located just steps from Kelowna's best shopping, beaches, schools, and more. Rent your unit worry-free with access to top property management firms. For more info on Green Square Vert, visit greensquare.ca. Red Rooster Winery invites you to visit for a sensory journey from grape to glass. 
Enjoy the sweeping vineyard, lake, and mountains from their cozy estate tasting room on Naramata Bench. This month, Red Rooster is featuring their new release of Pinot 3, a co-fermented blend of Pinot Noir, Pinot Blanc, and Pinot Gris to sip while you take in the views. Tastings are offered seven days a week from noon to five this winter. Come for the views and stay for the wine. Visit redroosterwinery.com for more info. Committed to handcrafting wines of distinction in Cowichan Valley, Unsworth Vineyards and Restaurant is a celebration of all things Vancouver Island. From a seasonally inspired menu showcasing fresh, local, sustainable ingredients to exceptional service and award-winning wines, Unsworth Vineyards gives bold new meaning to -to farm-to-table cuisine. Enjoy a delectable menu in a gorgeous restaurant where casual meets elegant. Sip and savor refreshingly delicious wines overlooking panoramic vineyard views. Reserve today at unsworthvineyards.com. This winter, the Inn at Therapy Vineyards invites you to get away for a luxurious retreat experience. Modern rooms overlooking the vineyards and Lake Okanagan set the tone for a relaxing stay on the Naramata bench. Sip award-winning Therapy Vineyard wines on your patio, soak in the hot tub, and enjoy a guided tasting experience in the wine shop. Book your room online today or order Therapy Wines delivered to your door at therapyvineyards.com. Because everyone needs a little therapy. GizmondiOnWine.com, BC's destination for finding great wine at all price points. With their easy-to-use search engine of over 30,000-plus tasting notes, you can find the wines you want by price, points, and more. Bookmark GizmondiOnWine.com for the new notes posted daily, each with a photo of the label. Get new ideas and find great buys with seasonal and weekly top 10 wine lists, original stories, and videos. If wine matters to you, join us at GizmondiOnWine.com. Follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Giz. Mondi on wine. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. We're simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Hello, British Columbia. Welcome back to the show. Uh, a rare moment, Casey, that you and I can talk a little bit about food and wine uh, just between ourselves and the listeners. Uh, there's only a week to go. <laughs> There can be some panic buying this week, some, procrast- <laughs> some procrastinators getting out there. I thought I'd kick it off with sparkling wine. I know you want to talk a bit about New Year's uh, takeout. Uh, so I have one wine which is a sure hit. We talked a lot about champagne the last couple of weeks, but this is a sparkling wine, but it's made by a champagne producer uh, in California. I knew this wine. I, I knew the wine intimately over the last sort of 35 years, but I haven't had it in quite a time. The Rotorer Estate... Anderson Valley Brewed, I tasted last week. It's just a sensational bottle of sparkling wine. It is the real deal, and it's only $36. I say only. I know that's not cheap, but that's half the price of champagne, and the quality is through the roof. So, people, you should check out uh, the Rotorer Estate. Uh, of course, they're the makers of uh, Rotorer Champagne as well in France. Uh, now, on New Year's Eve, you might serve that with any of the takeout items that you're talking about, Casey. Yes, Tony, and I think that when it comes to takeout in Vancouver, I there's so many options, starting mm-hmm. with if you want to really go high-end, you can do five sales in the Pan Pacific Hotel. You can also do published on Main, which is a, it is a real favorite of mine now, 3593 Main Street. They are also doing a nine-course dinner on New Year's Eve. Mm. Uh, as is five sales, New Year's Eve and January one menu. 
Uh, favorite place is Alimentaria Mexicana on Granville Island. They have a family-style four-course dinner at $110 for the early seating and $140 for the second seating. And if you're drinking sparkling wine or champagne at home, you can uh, now order the Organic Ocean Holiday Entertainment Pack. I know, $147.59. And you can create a secuterie board. Now, this would serve a lot of people, but it comes frozen, so you can decide how many people you're going to have. And, Tony, they've got bacon-wrapped scallops. Yeah. It looks like it serves two to me. I don't know why you'd want to share it with anyone yeah, exactly. more than two people. Smoked sea- salmon. Yeah. Sea cootery. I love that. Yes. Yeah, cootery uh, board. A poke marinade. Yeah, that looks like fun. Uh, well, New Year's Eve, sparkling wine. You can't beat that. Uh, other things we were, I was talking about, are, and I think we'll be able to post this list for you folks of all the wines on our uh, Facebook page. Uh I was interested in organic, earth-friendly wines. You know, Casey, how everybody's, uh, if they're not vegan or vegetarian, they're environmentally conscious now, uh, everybody trying to do their bit to save the earth, so why not drink green wines? Uh, one of my current favorites, and it is a sensational bottle of red wine, is the Emiliana Coyum. Uh, right. It comes from Chile. comes from Colchawa. Uh, it's such a beautiful bottle of wine. Uh, Coyam refers to the oak trees that grow around the property, but it's all uh, organic. In fact, it was one of the first biodynamic projects in Chile. Twenty nine ninety nine. This is a winner, and uh, you could serve this, uh, f- you know, with guests at parties or even at uh, your Christmas dinner. You can't go wrong with a with a wine like that. Do we have a price on that, Tony? Twenty nine ninety nine. Uh, really nice. And the other category that I spent some time on, which I like a lot, is food-friendly bottles, or what the French would term, uh, or the Europeans, gastronomic wines. They often use that term, and they mean, you know, you have to have this wine with food. Yes. Uh, and I just love that term, and, and we know that, and, and so these wines tend to mesh effortlessly with food. Uh, and uh, they're very versatile, too, and they can they, they improve any dish they're with, but most of all, they're just... They're just damn good. And one wine that I discovered recently, which is just crazy good. Remember we talked to Ernie Lucen? Yes. Uh, he was in Oregon talking about Riesling, but I uh, bought a bottle of his Blue Slate Riesling Dry, fifteen sixty I'm telling you, Casey, it, it's an absolute knockout, this wine. It's, it is so delicious. You just want to keep drinking it. It's uh, on my list, Tony. I can't yeah, wait to pick you, that up. It, it's so vivacious, and it has so much energy, and it's so fresh. And you have a sip, and you go, well, you look around, and the bottle's gone. It's empty. And it's very low in alcohol, too, so you, it's the best of all. You can drink a bunch of it. You won't get plastered, and it is delicious. Great so, wine to take to a party. Yeah, so we'll, we, we'll be sure to get that up on the list uh, now, in the Okanagan, there's some stuff going on that we were going to mention, Casey. What what have we got from wineries for uh, dinners, etc.? Well, Friend Winery has a dinner on their lakefront patio, uh, four to six guests, and it's $110 per person. Yeah. and I w- that, that, Is that in their inside, or they have the outdoor tents yeah, they've there, got too, it, I think? They do have the outdoor. So it could be in either one. We'll check that one out. Uh, and where else? Well, one of our favorite places, the Modest Butcher. Yeah, at Mount Boucherie Winery. And they have a three-course dinner, $95, with a complimentary glass of sparkling wine. And yeah. all their award-winning wines 
from the award, from the National Wine from Awards, the National yeah. Wine Awards, are yeah. on their dinner menu. And uh, Mission Hill's doing something pretty cool. They've got uh, what they call a holiday meal kit uh, for up to six people, which uh, you order and then they prepare and you pick it up over the holidays. I think it's from December twenty-one to twenty-four That's that you right. can you can pick up uh, this. Uh, well, it's it's basically Christmas dinner, I guess. Yes, uh, and but it's you can have it on any day you want. Three hundred dollars, so it's a pretty good deal. And Tinhorn Creek has a dinner from 5 to 7. It's five courses. It's $75. And that's in the restaurant with our friend Manny. Yeah, at Miradoro. Yes. Yeah. And it, and it, so five courses, 75. Six courses, 85. And the extra course is oysters. And they, uh, they, that will run between 5 and 7 p.m., so you don't have to wait that long. Uh, Casey, sir, something different. This holiday, that's another uh, category that I like to talk about. People get in a rut. They drink the same wine. I, I actually can't fathom drinking the same wine all the time. I know a lot of people do. Uh, but I think uh, the holidays, it's a good chance to get feedback from other people too. So there's a wine that I would love to recommend, also pretty much uh, inexpensive for the quality, and that's the Garzon Estate Cabernet Franc Tanat. Uh, red wine. That's from Uruguay. Sounds weird. Wine's delicious. Killer. Biodynamic. Uh, Earth-friendly. Uh, and just really, mostly what I love about the this wine is the texture of the wine because that it, normally when you have Tanat, we've you know a lot of people may have know Tanat from the south of France, but they're usually very aggressive tannic red wines. This wine's made uh, you know was designed by Alberto Antonini. And I'm telling you, the texture and, and mix with Cabernet Franc is just perfect. So Garzon Estate, $20.99, a great bottle of wine. Uh, these are widely available, by the way, in B.C. liquor stores. Uh, well, they are. They were widely available, and I hope they will be through the holiday season. But, you know, things will disappear. And, Tony, uh, what do people take to your place when they bring a bottle of wine? Pressure's uh, a lot, on, a right? A lot of fear. They they take a lot of fear to my place when they bring wine. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> people don't bring wine anymore because I tell them don't do yes. it. It's really, you know. But, of course, uh, I, I'm always interested if, in what they're drinking, so I'm I'm happy to try it. I, I love the holiday season because that's when I, you know, I sneak into the kitchen. I look at all the bottles. People are out yakking at the party, and I'm looking, well, what did they bring? What did they bring? <laughs> and, you know, it's improved a lot because maybe 10 or 15 years ago, the same two wines, everybody would bring the yes. same. There would be two wines. They'd all be the same. I'd be the only guy with a different wine. Now uh, people are much more eclectic in their taste, so so that's kind of fun. Uh, we're out of time, but for Sweet Tooth, Casey, I know that you're a fan of uh, dessert wine. Uh, really try something different. Lustau East India Solera Sherry. It's 32 bucks for a 500-ml bottle. There's just no way to describe how this wine will just blow you away from uh, from its nutty, uh, raisiny, uh, incredible flavors uh, from wine that... Uh, it is made in a very traditional way out of sherry, something completely different and uh, uh, fun to experience. You can have it with Christmas cake. You can have it with nuts. Uh, you can have it by the fireplace with a book. And how long does it last once you open up that bottle? Forever, if you Great. have no friends. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to uh, guzzle it down in one no. evening. No. You know what? That's it. 
Hey, we're out of time, and uh, we should wish everybody a Merry Christmas while we have 20 seconds. Always a delight to be talking to you. And now across the province for the last year, we've had so much fun in so many different markets. So uh, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas, Casey. Uh, how about you? Yes, Merry Christmas, everyone. And happy holidays from everybody, from all of us, uh, and to our producer, Darren Regan. Thanks so much for your help, and uh, happy holidays to you too, uh, Stu, Sherry, everybody on the team. That's it for this week's folks. We'll be back at the same time next week on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. That's it for today's show. Tune in again next week for Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production.